Well, good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Now we're cooking. We'll get to this in a minute. Sorry, I won't use this for anything else, I promise. Hey, before we begin, let me just say thank you. Um, if, you if I haven't met you yet, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I want to get that chance. My name is Corey Trevathan, and, and I'm new here. I, in fact, I haven't even placed membership. Or I'm still working it out uh, with the elders, but hopefully soon that'll be announced. But we're really, uh, my family and I have been here for a couple of weeks now, and we have been so blessed uh, to get to join you here at Riverside. And um, let me say thank you. Last Sunday was sort of my first Sunday to be up here with, in front of you and to be with you in this way. And what a tremendous blessing. I hope, I hope you were here. I know some of you couldn't be here, but for those of you that were here, man, what an amazing uh, blessing that was for me and for my, my wife, for my kids, for my family, uh, to have your shepherds on stage with us and to bless us and to commission us and all of us in that way. Uh, it was a great day. And then if you were here to eat the barbecue that night, show of hands. Yeah, are you still kind of recovering from that? That was unbelievable. And so my first edict as your new preaching minister is going to be every Sunday night, we're going to have barbecue prepared by Matt Walker. No, I wish. Uh, it was unbelievable. And again, you blessed us again. We've just been showered uh, over and over again by this church. And, uh, and, and just let me say thank you out loud. Uh, we are so grateful and, uh, and want you to know uh, that we feel your love, we've been overwhelmed by your love, and we've seen God's love through, through so many of you in so many ways, and I couldn't begin to say thank you, but I wanted to try, and so, uh, so thank you. Uh, before we start, can we, can we pray? Let's, uh, let's pray. God, you are so good, and your love endures forever, and this morning we just come into this place, into this room, and we gather together as people who, who carry the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and that is no small thing. And God, as the ultimate giver of gifts, as the ultimate blesser, God, you have, you have showered us with your love through your son and through his name. And God, we want to be the kind of people that carry your name well. And so God, today as we start to dive into this idea, would you bless us in this room? Uh, would you draw us deeper into relationship with each other and into you? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, like I said, uh, we're kind of new, new on the scene here, and um, we are kicking off a new series today we'll talk more about in a minute called Carry Your Name. But one of the things that drew us to Riverside, and if you've been around very long, you, you know that I'm speaking truth when I say this, is we were just really, um, we fell in love with your staff pretty quickly. Uh, this church, before I came here, uh, had just a one, uh, still has a wonderful staff. And we were really blessed to get to know them pretty quickly. And I remember our first conversation uh, with, with all of them, Alicia and I had with them. And we walked away from that time thinking, wow, wouldn't it be awesome to get to serve side by side uh, with, with these guys? And, and, and I know, like I, I know this is true about you. It's true about me. And I already know, I don't know all of you, but I know this is true of you. You've been asking yourself the same burning question that I was, have been asking myself for weeks. And it's that question that you have to have the answer to before you can really go deeper into any relationship. And until you cross this line, until you get the answer to this question, the relationship is kind of on hold. And so um, if you're like me, you probably have already done this so you know what's going to happen. But uh, what I had to do before I could really go deeper into relationship with, with the guys and the girls on staff was I had to get to know them better. And so I, I, I had to just go to Google and find out the same thing you've been looking for. I had to know, like, if I'm going to go deep with these guys, if I'm going to get real with these guys, I really need to know. And I have to go to Google to find out because Google always tells the truth. I need to know what is 
or what would be, if they had one, their Native American name, right? You've been wondering the same thing. Some of you have already looked this information up. I did it for you if you haven't done it. And so I want to share with you the results this morning, and you'll see them on the screen behind me. You know we have a fairly new worship minister, a DJ. Do you know what DJ stands for? Pop quiz? Awesome. I'm the only one. I'm not going to tell you, but it might be Daryl Joe. And... Uh, but DJ's uh, Native American name, if you look this up, and this is for real, and I'm going to pronounce this correctly, I promise, is Milap Atunawihiho. Did I say that right? And it means the charitable one who lives below. So now, that explains a lot, doesn't it, about DJ? You feel like you know him better. He's the charitable one who lives below. Jason, our spiritual formation minister and incredible man of God, his Native American name is NIP Wuyi. Yeah, there you go. So you can just call him that from now on if you want to. And it means brave, soaring turkey vulture. And so already you feel like you've gone to a deeper level with Jason. I love working with Matt and Rhonda. They're down the hall from me in my office. And Matt's given Native American name. You're getting ahead of me. Rocky Kachita, meaning lucky white man. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I'm, I'm glad that I know a lucky white man. Um, and then Rhonda. I love Rhonda. Hanatawi Mai which means faithful coyote. And I don't know what you do with that. <laughs> but there you go. You know Rhonda better. I, I didn't almost go there, but I thought, I, I do have to know what Shirley and Gwen's Native American name would be. And I could be in trouble here, but I went there anyway. Shirley's uh, given name would be Nadia Mida, which means wise prophetess. And that works. She is one of the wisest people I know already. So I think that's a fitting name. Gwen, on the other hand, is Anoa Luyu, which means wide awake wild dove. And if you've... <laughs> If you've seen how much coffee Miss Gwen drinks, then you know this is true. But we're not done yet. Uh, I've already loved Wilson, getting to know him, and he does so much around this church. I'm so grateful for. <laughs> Lisa, you're too quick on the draw. Yeah. Makapichu Neati, which means large tooth wrestler. And um, I'll confess, I have not checked the size of his teeth, but this is what his name means. And then, of course, my name. Uh, has a wonderful meaning, trustworthy canoe man. And so uh, this morning I would invite you to get in my canoe and we'll go for a ride and we'll see where this takes us. Uh, You know this is true. Names carry meanings, right? Names carry meanings. And how we carry the name we carry really matters. And uh, Alicia and I were married for about seven years before we decided to start uh, trying to have a family. And I I remember when she was pregnant with Will, our, our, our first son, we didn't know with any of our kids uh, their gender before they were born. We decided to wait. Really, I decided, and she went along with it. Um, I wanted to be surprised. And we didn't know until he was born if he would be a boy or a girl. But I remember in those days leading up to that moment, for all of our children, we really wrestled with and weighed heavy on our hearts, what are we going to name our kids? Because we believed that this was true, that names carry meanings, and that if you give a child a name, and you do it in the right way, you have a chance to give that child a name that they can grow into, a name that, that carries a meaning, a name that can give them a core identity. And so when Will was born, we gave him the name William Luke Emmanuel Trevathan. I know, that's a mouthful. In kindergarten, he had the worst day ever trying to write all that out, right? But uh, William was kind of a family name for us, and it means strong and mighty warrior. 
Uh, Luke was a late minute add-on because my grandfather, my dad said had just passed away a, a few weeks before and we wanted to honor him. And so we gave him the name Luke, which means worshiper. And then Emmanuel was a name we had in mind for a long time for our son because it, you, you know, it means God with us. And so we talk about this often with our son when we pray, uh, sometimes at night or during the day, we'll say, you remember what your name means? William Luke Emmanuel Trevathan. And yeah, it means strong and mighty warrior, a worshiper. And it's a reminder that God is always near. And that's, that has value, that has weight. That's his core identity. That's who we want him to be and grow into one day. And then when Ella Grace was born, we gave her a name that we thought had carried a lot of meaning for us. And Ella is a word that means beautiful. And beautiful grace, beautiful, undeserved, unmerited favor, however you want to define grace. That was a name that we gave her because that was something we'd experienced in our life from God. And we wanted her to grow into that, uh, to be that kind of a young lady one day. Someone who displayed the beautiful grace of God. And we thought we were awesome parents when we had two kids. <laughs> and then we had that third. And going from man to man to zone defense, let me tell you, it's a... Uh, it's tricky business. And so it's a good name we gave Emma her name before we knew her. Uh, she was born. And as you get to know her, that'll be funnier. Um, uh, when Emma was born, we decided to give her the name Emma Love. And uh, actually, Will helped us with that name. And uh, we didn't know the middle name until he came up with it. He wanted to call her Emma Lovely. And so we, uh, we named her Emma Love. And of course, Emma comes from the word that means faithful. And so her name is Faithful Love. And again, that's an identity we want her to grow into and to know that that is the true nature in the heart of God is his faithful love. Names have meanings and names can give value and they can carry weight and they can even um, identify who you are at your center if, uh, if you'll let them. Names, and you know, if, you, if you've been a dad or if you've had a kid or if you've even babysat, you know this is true. I remember one weekend we had Will and a couple of his buddies over to spend the night. And if you put three boys in a room, really of any age, that doesn't matter if you're 9, 19, or 90. Uh, but if you put three boys in any age in a room, what are they going to do? Do you know? They're going to wrestle. At some point, they're going to wrestle. They're going to start, you know, doing this dance and wrestling on the floor and laughing and playing and having a good time. And so all night long, these guys, they're just going after each other and they're breaking lamps and stuff's going everywhere. And we get to church the next morning and they're still wrestling. And finally, Alicia looks at me and gives me that look like you got to talk to them. And so I'm like, come here, boys. And I get them all in front of me right there and I look at them and I'm thinking, you know, what would my dad say? And so I said, I said, all right. I said, here's the deal, guys. I'm glad you're having a great time. I'm glad you're having fun. I'm glad you're wrestling and messing around. But now you're at church and you're about to go to class and you can't do that in there. Like you can do that in here. You can do that at home, but you can't do that in class because, you know, looked at Will and I said, what's, what's your last name? He said, Trevathan. I'm like, that's right. And the name that you wear and the name that you, that you carry, it matters what you do when you're not in my presence. Because what you do and how you act reflects directly back on me. And I looked at his other friend. I said, hey, what's your last name? I said, that's right. And how you act reflects directly on your mom and dad. And I asked the third boy the same question. We went around the room and we got, we, we got it figured out that the name that you carry matters and how you act matters because it, re, it reflects directly back on your mom and on your dad. So you better act right. You know, I gave him the third degree and they went to class and they did great. Because they knew and they were reminded that the name that they carry matters. And this morning, what I want to kind of talk about is that this is true for us. It's even more true for us. How we carry the name we carry really matters. 
Because if you're in the room this morning, and at some point in your life, you decided that you were going to carry the name of Jesus, that is no small thing. That is no small thing. The name of Jesus is the greatest name. And how we carry the name we carry really matters. And let me just pause right there and, and take a little side step. And I know I haven't been here very long, so I, I don't have a lot of credibility to speak into your life yet. But I, I do feel like it's important to say that we carry a name. We don't carry a tradition. We don't carry um, a regulation. Uh, we don't carry anything else short of the name Jesus. And, and when we carry his name, it has to be enough. And if it's not enough, that's essentially what we're saying if we have to carry the name of Jesus and anything else. It's got to be enough. And don't get me wrong, I love tradition. I love this time of year. I walked in Will's class this morning down the hall and they were already playing Christmas, Christmas music and I did a dance because I'm like, it's never too early for Christmas music. It's just awesome. I love it. And in our family, we have certain traditions around Christmas and we love those traditions. We love the time of Thanksgiving and all that's about to come here in this time of year. But all those traditions, they serve us. We don't serve them. And I love religion, but we don't carry religion. I love a system of of beliefs and a system of worship that kind of gives order and rhythm to our lives. But, but, but whenever that replaces the one we worship, that's when we have a problem, right? And I love regulations. I love rules. I love knowing what to do and what not to do. I'd love to know where the line is so I don't cross it. But God's love for you has never been based on your performance. And that's maybe the hardest thing we'll ever have to swallow is trying to figure that one out. That God's love for you is not dependent on your performance. That there's nothing you could ever do that would make God love you less. Because he is the perfect father. You see, we carry a name. And the name that we carry is enough. And if we carry the name well, oh, what happens when we carry the name well? And here's where I think the tension is for most of us. The tension for most of us it's not in the day-to-day rhythms of life. Like most of us are pretty good at living the life and walking the walk. We've, we've kind of gotten it down a little bit. We, we, we understand that people are watching us and how we carry the name we carry matters. And so most of the time we're pretty good at being the evidence of carrying the name of Jesus well. The tension for me, I'll just be really transparent and honest, is not in how I act. It's how, it's how I react. Is this true for you? It's how we react in the moment that, that defines who we follow at the deepest level. It's, it's like this, and, and, and I promise I'm, I'm going to use this for only for good. But uh, this morning I was looking at this and I thought, you know, this apple is beautiful. And if I cut right down the center of this apple, you know what I can see? I can see the core. And it's not until I cut the apple that I can see what's directly in the center of it all. And it's not until you and I are broken, until we're cut to the heart, that our true identity and our true core is revealed. And here's what's happened in our world, I believe at least. You can disagree with me. Our world has looked and they have seen what has happened when the culture around us has changed And we have responded, we have reacted, and they have seen what's at the center, and our world has not been impressed. They have seen what's at the center. 
when we react and they have not been impressed. And you know this is true. You know this is true because you know people in your life and I know people in my life. And when tragedy struck, when something hard came, when life hurt, and we watched how they responded in that moment, we were speechless. Because they didn't act and they didn't react the way I would have or the way you would have. They reacted with such grace and with such faith and with such love that what you saw at their core was nothing short of breathtaking. And what was revealed in that moment was Christ. And they carried the name of Jesus so well. And if you think about the men and the women in your life that you have the utmost respect for, the spiritual giants, if you will, that surround you, if I were to go around and ask you who they are, probably the reason they sit in that high place in your heart and in your mind and in your life is because at one time you saw them cut to the heart and what was revealed at their center was nothing short of Jesus. And what I want to be true of you and me is the same thing. So that when life hurts and we're broken and when we're cut to the heart and we're cut to the core, what's revealed is Jesus. So there was this church in a city called Philippi. Maybe you've been there, maybe not, ancient city. And from a Roman jail cell, Paul had heard about this church and he had lots of praiseworthy praiseworthy things to say about them. But in the middle of all that, he had heard some things that kind of weren't great either. Because not only were they known for some of the good they've done, they were, they were also known for a couple of things that were not so praiseworthy. Things like being divisive. Things like preaching and teaching around the observance of the law, of their regulations. And Paul, when he heard this, he wrote them a letter and he said, wait, wait, wait. This is not who you're supposed to be known for. Essentially, and we're going to look at it, he says, the people of God are supposed to be advancing the purpose of God and carrying the name of God throughout the world. In fact, Paul said it this way in Philippians 1, and I want you to look at this with me. We're going to be in Philippians 1 and then in a lot in 2 this morning. Paul said this in, in Philippians 1.27 to this church, and, and honestly, he may could say it to us this morning too. He said this, he said, above all, you must live... As citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you're standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting, for the, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Wait, wait, wait. I don't, wanna, I don't want you to be known as that church in the corner who's always fighting, who's being divisive. I don't want you to be known as that place who's teaching and preaching and advancing some kind of legalistic code, some some observance of the law. What I want you to be known for is you are a people who are identified at your core as citizens of heaven. As citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy, oh, let that sink in, of the good news. In the name, Christ. This 
is who you are supposed to be. This is the name you carry. But Paul didn't stop there. He's going to go on and he's going to tell us, all right, you want to carry the name Jesus? This is how we do it. So flip over to Philippians 2 and let's start in verse 1. And I want you to hear this morning the words of Paul as he's teaching us how do we carry the name Jesus. He says, is there any encouragement? Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort from his love? Is there any fellowship in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Love each other and work together with one mind and one purpose. Now you read this and you might think, Paul, are you crazy? Like, have you ever been to church before? Have you ever been to this church before? We can't agree on where to go to lunch. Like, how do you think that we're supposed to be all, how does he say it here? How are we supposed to be wholeheartedly agreeing with each other on everything? Is that what Paul is telling us? I don't think so. We're going to see it revealed in a minute. I don't think Paul's calling us to have the same opinions. I don't think Paul is saying you have to agree on every finer point of every finer detail of every finer, you know, thing about theology or the Bible or even about God. What I think he is saying is that there are some big things that we all agree on. We believe in God. We believe he has a son named Jesus. And we believe he died, he was buried, and he rose again. And we believe that one day he's coming again. And we believe in his heart, in his message, is this word and this idea. And it's love. And it was displayed for us on a cross with his arms stretched wide. And yeah, we all agree on that. And we work out of that, everything we work out, in a spirit of love, together, fighting for the faith. That's what we do. But he goes on, he says, he says here's how it works. Don't be selfish. You know, we could stop there. How much of the divisiveness in our own hearts and lives, and even in this church, is right there? Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. And then he says this, be humble. Be humble. Think of others. Every time you think of others, think of others as better than yourself. And don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. This is how you and I are called to carry the name. Humility. That goes against the grain of everything in our culture. We live in a culture, in a world where everybody wants to make a name for themselves. Everybody wants their own platform. Everybody wants, wants to be known and to be recognized and to be loved and accepted by the masses. And Jesus, and Paul speaks right into this, don't be like that. He says, be humble. And always, 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 what if we just did this inside these four church walls? Always put the interest of others ahead of your own. How would that change this church? How would that change this church if we took that same mentality and that same heart and that same mind and we applied it outside 
these four walls. And, and to the city of Capel and Carrollton and Flower Man and all around, we always looked out for the interest of others ahead of our own. And we love those whose faces we've never seen and whose voices we've never heard as much or more as we love the faces uh, in this room and the voices in this room. How would that change this church? But Paul says, I don't want to just tell you how to carry the name. I want to to let the one whose name you carry show you how to carry the name. And so he goes on and he, he gives us this hymn right here in the middle of Scripture. And I don't know if if it was already there, if he wrote it or if he adapted it, but it goes like this. He says, you must have the same attitude of Christ Jesus. Though he was God, and he was, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble, there's that word, position of a slave. And he was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself. Again, in obedience to God. And he died a criminal's death on a cross. This is how you and I carry the name. We live out our life in everyday, ordinary ways in complete humility. Even if it means that we get spit on. Even if it means that we get beaten. Even if it means that we lay our lives down. We live our lives out in this community, in the world around us, in complete humility. You want to win your neighborhood for Jesus? Live a life of humility. Be known as that house in the street that's always looking out for the interest of others. That's how you do it. You want to win the people at your work for Jesus? Live out your life in humility. Be known as the person who's always looking out for the interest of others ahead of your own, even if that means it's sometimes to your demise. And what they'll see is that at the center of your life, at the very core, is nothing short of Jesus. And you may not even have to speak his name to win people to wear his name when you live your life in that kind of humility. That's who Jesus is calling us to be. And that's how he's calling us to carry his name. And what's amazing is that right here, Paul shows us what Jesus did for all of us. And then he's going to show us what God did for Jesus. And so it goes on and Paul says, therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name that's above every other name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue can declare, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And this is what you and I are looking forward to. The day when as we sang a while ago, every knee will bow. And everyone, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. This is the name that we carry. And, and honestly, I'll have to be honest. This message probably only matters if, if you're in the room this morning and you decided at some point in your life to carry the name of Jesus. And if that's you this morning, then I want you to know how you carry the name you carry matters. And this message may matter if you're in the room and you've thought about carrying the name of Jesus. Then, you know, you need, you need to know, too, that if you take on this name, then how you carry the name that you want to carry, it matters. And it matters because of this. In a room this size with this many people, there's probably somebody in the room this morning that doesn't carry the name Jesus and doesn't want to carry the name Jesus. And the reason, at least in part, that they don't want to carry the name that you carry 
It's because they've seen you carry it. Or they've seen someone who wears the name carry it. And they weren't impressed. Alicia and I weren't in Capel 24 hours. We drove in Wednesday night. We got up Thursday morning, went and closed in the house, swung by your favorite restaurant in the whole area, Chicken Express. <laughs> and we grabbed us some food. And as the windows rolled down, because you have to like yell through the window to make your order, it's really advanced. Two guys come walking to their car. They've been inside to get their food. They come around and we overhear like 15 seconds of their conversation. And you know what it was about? We were like stunned. One guy says to the other guy, yeah, man, I don't know what's up. I, the Christians are just some of the, the meanest people. Open the doors, get in, shut. I looked at Alicia and she looked at me. I'm like, what, what just happened? <laughs> don't they know yet that I'm the preacher next door? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was their evaluation. These 19, 20 year olds. That's how they identified Christians as some of the meanest people in the world. The reason it matters is because there are people who don't know yet that we serve a great God with a great name and a kind heart. And so the name you carry matters and how you carry the name you carry matters because there are people who don't know the name. And let me say this too. If you're someone who doesn't carry the name because you've been hurt by somebody that, do, that does carry the name, if someone who carries the name Jesus spoke some unkind words to you, if someone who carries the name of Jesus did some kind of unkind act towards you, if you've been hurt or wounded in any way by someone who carries the name of Jesus, can, can I just say, and I think, I think the church at Riverside would, would bless me in saying this, I'm sorry. In that moment, those words, those actions did not reflect the heart, the nature, the character of our God. Because our God has a great name and he has a kind heart and he is always with you and he is always for you. The name Jesus, Yeshua, means Yahweh saves. The name you carry speaks to the saving nature of Jesus of Nazareth, the one who we follow. And today, if I could say anything, man, let's be a people Let's be a people of God who advance the purpose of God in the name of God. And let's carry that name well. And let's be aware of how we act, but even more so, let's be aware of how we react in every moment. And let us carry the name of Jesus well. Church, if you would, just stand with me. I know that, um, I know that it probably won't be the last time that I have this conversation with Will and his buddies. But I'll have to remind him that the name he wears and the name that he carries matters. But this morning, what I want to say to you is simply that. The name that you and I carry matters. Because one day, this is what we believe, Jesus is going to return. And we're going to see him riding on the clouds. And it's going to be an awesome day. And I don't know if we'll be able to see him because we'll be blinded by the light. But I know that every knee will bow. At least every knee will bow except mine. I may be just flat out on the floor because we're looking forward to a day when Christ will return. And he's gonna look at us and he's gonna ask the question, how did you carry my name? How did you carry the name above every other name? 
And I hope that what we can say is that his name, the glory of his name was the passion of us. Let's sing.